You're listening to the Friends Talking Nerdy Podcast Network. Friends Talking Nerdy! If your friends are nerdy Hey everybody, welcome to a special episode of Friends Talking Nerdy. Not your usual episode here, but more of a travel log. As we t- uh, told you a few weeks back, uh, this particular episode is being recorded well in advance. And what the Reverend and I are doing, um, we are going to be talking a little bit about our experiences during uh, the Fearlandia haunt this October. And speaking of that, in the driver's seat, literally, we have the Reverend Tracy. How you doing? Oh, I'm doing well. You know, we are coming back from finishing our dress rehearsal, which is kind of the closest thing that we can call it. It really is kind of final costuming, chaos, some makeup, and getting in some places to make sure we have a good body count for the season. So it's always super important, but I also kind of like it since it's a little bit more low key that people are able to talk. So it's kind of fun to see the new group of haunters talking and interacting and getting to know each other this season. Yeah, new hunters like myself. I got the lurch roll this year, and I will be prob. I'm going to be one of the first uh, people that um, that the customers see. I'm excited. Yes, you're cast because you were tall, Tim. It has its benefits. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, yeah, as you mentioned, we uh, went through a dress rehearsal today. Um, and uh, it wasn't like a dress rehearsal when I was in theater, because when you're in theater, the dress rehearsals typically uh, last a couple of months before the actual um, play hits. Um, but um, overall, I had a really good time and um, didn't quite get my costume ready yet, but I did get some makeup on. Yes, and we did get a picture of Tim the Nerd looking so beautiful, oh so pretty. You're very pretty. I had to like stop and go take a picture of of Tim the Nerd getting pretty at one point, even though I'm running around like a madman, which Tim got to see that, um, what I look like once I start slipping into my director role. But uh, yeah, and it was kind of bittersweet too because... Um, I did announce that this will be my final season in this role at Fearlandia to this extent because as I've already said on the show, we've got the baby reverend that's going to be coming into my life in mid-April. So at that point, I just don't know if I'm going to be able to travel for five weeks to be a casting director with a five-month-old at home. Yeah, I mean, it would be one thing if they were paying you like a six-figure salary to do it. Then you can hire somebody to take care of the kid or bring the kid with you and, uh, and, you know, enjoy time with the kid there. But I can understand where if you're living in Maine, it's probably not the most feasible um, financially or with a kid. I mean, financially you can pull it off, but when you have a kid, there's a lot of other things too. Because if you're leaving the kid home with Jared alone, he's going to have to pay for, um, you know, daycare or something like that when the kid is... Is, uh, when he's off to work. You know? Well, it's like, I know the Mr. Reverend will totally handle it fine, you know, being alone with the baby Reverend. So that's definitely not a concern, but it's also, you know, I would be missing time mm-hmm. with a, a baby that's going to be going through so much like learning. And, and that's when they really like take, take off. Like it kind of seems, you know, but yeah, it was very sweet. I announced it was my last year and I was honestly surprised to hear a chorus of no, 
from people who've worked with me and worked under me. Um, you know, we had done like the whole hand raise thing, you know, who's been here, this is your first year, second year, third year. And yeah, there was, there's a lot of people who their entire experience of Fearlandia is working with me as the casting director. Cause shy of the first two years, I've been the casting director for the last five. So. Yeah. And, um, you actually needed a piece of my clothing in order to pull off a big reveal in front of everybody. <laughs> oh yes. Because I totally forgot to bring my hoodie. I wore my, my one cute, um, I've got a baby in me shirt and, uh, <laughs> managed to pull off my haunting for two joke one more time, which was also received with some great praise. One of the actors that I have worked with for all seven years of Fearlandia, um, actually almost made me cry. Like, uh, <laughs> whenever he came up to me to talk to me after. <laughs> yeah, I was there. Um, I, I mean, I think a couple of tears did go down, but it wasn't a full-on weeping or anything. It wasn't like when I cried at the bus station um, when I learned what the gender was and stuff. So, <laughs> yeah. But overall, it was a fun experience. And being that this is kind of a travel log episode here, um, I think, uh, did, was there anything else about opening night you want, uh, or dress rehearsal, I should say, that, uh, we, that you wanted to tell people? Well, dress rehearsal was fun. I will say that if you are interested in haunting it all through the entirety of the season, my trusty assistant director and I will be continuing to cast. So if at some point you decide that you want to maybe give it a shot, feel free. Um, we will probably be casting through the whole season. Now granted, if it's earlier in the season, it's really awesome because I did get to announce that this year we are doing a perfect attendance award, which is that if you can sign up for all the nights, as long as you make all of your shifts, um, that you are eligible for a drawing to win free passes to the West Coast Haunters Convention, which is held in Portland every May. And I don't think they plan on changing that. They did it May this last year, so I would assume that it's still going to be in May. Yeah, and I, I, I thought about that, and I was like, wouldn't it be just my luck if I won that? Well, it'd be kind of cool, honestly, because if you are interested in, uh, you know, doing haunt work or even any costuming or set building, you know, because it's kind of like Comic-Con and how Comic-Con has panels and Comic-Con also has classes and even little workshops where you build things and get to keep it at the end. Like, West Coast Haunters Convention, to me, is my favorite convention to go to. I've absolutely missed it these last few years. And, of course, I'm bummed I won't be able to go this year since I'm in Maine now. Gotcha. Um, <laughs> well, hopefully there's a Atlantic or, you know, like, East Coast uh, convention of some sort. If not, maybe I'll start one. Because there's not really a big haunt community there. So I'm curious what I'm going to be up to next year. Yeah, I mean, that might be something to look into. I mean, because it sounds like uh, the Freelandia guys just did it out of their own house initially. At first, yeah, that it did start off initially as a home haunt. Because um, I know Brad, one of the owners, I think it was in front of his house for the most part. But he's been going at this for, I think, over the two-decade mark. Nice. So the the tents, the actually building the public haunt has been going on. This is our seventh year. So... Oh, one more thing before I forget, since you did um, put out the call for more people. By the time this episode hits, the haunt will be done. Oh, gotcha. See, this is me being awesome and knowing exactly what we're up to when we're recording. I'm driving a car. 
Um, I'm going to focus on this. So you take it away with anything else, Tim. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 no worries. No worries there. <laughs> but um, yeah, so uh, we are going to be uh, recording more stuff like this for you folks so that by the time I am on a train heading to Maine myself, uh, you will have a, a nice little reflection of the Reverend and I talking about the haunt this season. Yes. Alright, so thank you all for paying attention here. Enjoy this musical interlude, and when we come back, we will give you our thoughts on night one. Alright, welcome back. Uh, thank you for paying attention to that musical interlude and sticking with us. We have wrapped up a night two of The Haunt. Um, night one, unfortunately, I did not uh, attend, unfortunately, because I was sick. And the Reverend had a t- like a cat's tails that she uh, whipped me with, you know. <laughs> oh, yes, totally. Did not do my normal thing where I'm like, well, now I'm going to sit down and play people chess and figure out where I can move somebody from one spot to another. Because that's basically a lot of what I end up doing is, you know, covering people who call in. Because, right, like, you couldn't really help that you got sick. Like, that fucking happens. So, you know, did our best without you. Um, It was a good open night, but definitely I would say the second night we really had some screams of terror. So, definite improvement. And that's even just from people getting to practice their roles. So... Indeed. I mean, it brought me back to my days in theater. Um, you know, like, the, the what I loved about theater, but what was also sad about theater was that the time that you put into it, like, by the time you're done with your run um, as your role on whatever you're doing, like, you finally got it. And, like, you know, like, by the time the haunt ends, I'm finally going to get my character and then I won't be able to do it again. Oh, yeah, probably. That's pretty much how it goes. No, no. I would actually say, like, people kind of get into their character pretty quick. Um, I always take opening weekend as almost like dress rehearsal 2.0. Because, I mean, you can dress rehearse all you want, but you're not really going to be able to figure out what works for patrons until you get patrons in the room. And that is why I will always tell people, um, you know, timing for visiting a haunted house really depends on your personal, like, level of taking the fear if you're kind of a weenie i would almost go the first weekend but if you really want something more intense and refined wait until closer to halloween because everybody's got their parts nailed they're figuring out how they can play with neighboring rooms better it just marinates well it was interesting the different types of people that came in like um like the young guys like teenage boys or like guys in their 20s were a lot of times assholes <laughs> coming in yeah i think that's like pretty much a macho play though because they don't want to get scared like it's very stereotypical almost in my head yeah. that they got to be an asshole so that they at least have something to compensate in case they get scared um to me the thing that gets me is i really did see like a parent with like maybe a five-year-old Because he didn't look that old. One of the owners said they thought he was seven. I was like, "Mm, no, I'm putting that kid out more at five. And he was terrified. And they wound up leaving. And so, you know, we got him out. I got him laughing. That's always my goal when that happens. But I do not understand parents that bring small children to haunted house attractions that are made for adults. Did the kid have glasses? I don't remember. He was pretty much buried into his parent at that point. 
So uh, I didn't get to see his face, but I did try to give him my human side because I have kind of a two-faced thing going on this season. Um, so I could, you know, hopefully not scare him too much while I got them out of the haunt. Yeah, I remember there was one kid who came in who was really scared and then just asked me to give him a high five. And so I just put out my hand real slow and he got a high five from me. Yep, and that to me is some of the best kid interaction. Like, I point blank tell my haunters, like, if somebody brings in a small kid, you're playing to entertain that child. You're not playing to entertain the adults anymore because I'm not, I don't want us to be the reason that a child is, like, literally mortified of haunted houses. Like, borderline traumatizing. Because they're little. They're still learning what's real and what's fake. Yeah, and they're not necessarily going to get that the bump that they're hearing is just some schmuck behind the wall. Exactly. It even gets some of our younger actors sometimes. That's something that's happened in seasons past where somebody's like, no, I mean, I can do this. I can do this. And like I had a 14-year-old once um, swore up and down they can handle it. I think they made it like 10 minutes into a night and had to stop because they just weren't handling the screaming. And I was like, no, it's totally understandable. It is an intense show. So when you hear people screaming and screaming, like there's just seems to be an age group that doesn't handle that the best. So, uh, yeah, but you know, that person's actually grown up and is on the current cast now and doing amazing. (laughs) Well, that's good to hear. That's good to hear. Um, yeah, I mean, the fun ones for me to scare were the like teenage girls or or women in their 20s they seemed ready to scream oh yeah my favorite I actually um this season I'm kind of ending up working this area in front of a curtain maze and they're really thick plasticky curtains that people have to kind of navigate through now I know this is airing after we're closed so I'm not spoiling anything the answer is just go straight ahead and you would honestly find your way out but because you have actors like popping in and out of these little suck sub tiny little square pieces that have been built into it um it's really gets them disoriented and it's great because sometimes they'll come right back to where they started and then I get to taunt them because like oh well aren't you just right back where you started and so that is super fun especially when I can pop my head out of a curtain and I actually get the dude who is just being really macho with me to jump because he's not expecting to be like oh shit like I actually am like this is the beginning this is the start Oh, yeah. And that's that was another thing, too. Like, guys like my age and older seem to just come in like, I'm not going to be scared. And, like, dude, come on. You know, like, if I, like, I remember when I went last year, yeah, I mean, was I, like, screaming at every little thing? No. But I also didn't come in with the whole demeanor of being dismissive, you know? Yeah, I mean... I I, I go right back to I think it's a macho man play because they almost need that as a security blanket in case they get scared. But to me, it's just like, I don't know, just be there, be willing to enjoy. I did have a kid accuse me of spitting in their face. And I know for a fact I didn't because I avoid saying anything with a P or a P because those are the things that can accidentally do that. I said, ooh, which is not going to cause spit to happen, but they just basically got embarrassed because they were peeking their head into the emergency halls Mm -hmm. and I scared them and they didn't like that. So they immediately tried to accuse me of spitting in their face and I'm like, "Mm, no, but have a good night and then just let them leave. Oh boy. 
you get those type of people everywhere, I guess. But overall, it was a very fun night. I had a lot of fun uh, becoming my character, and I know you had a lot of fun as well. You also had a chance to try some different type of makeup for the character you're trying to play. Oh, yes. Now I'm actually doing the half glam, half gore effect, and that works really well. Granted, I get a lot of, oh my god, you're so pretty. But it's great because that works well in the queue line when I'm trying to get them comfortable with coming in. I let them take selfies with me. It's kind of fun because then they can tag, you know, the haunted house and their little post or whatever. And then, you know, when I'm in the haunt, I get effective scares because it's very jarring in places to have like this half scarred up face chase after you. Yeah, especially with uh, your side of the haunt. I believe you're near where a lot of the black lights are. Oh, yes, all of the black lights, all of the clowns, super high energy, and people are just honestly unglued by clowns anyway, so it's effective for scaring. Indeed, indeed. So that will uh, wrap up this little section right here, folks. Again, we had another good time, and by the time we wrap up with the musical interlude, you will hear about our next adventure in haunting. Yep, and my only pro tip for this one is don't use scab blood as eyeshadow. Your eyelid will stick open. I've had to force myself to blink all night. (laughs) The more you know, kids, the more you know. So, So hang tight. We'll be right back. Hey everybody, welcome back. We ended up uh, rethinking how we were going to do this episode here. And when we originally thought about it, we were going to record every single night. But then we, uh, the Reverend and I both realized that by doing that, we'd probably be talking about a lot of the same things, you know? Yeah, exactly. And it's just kind of easier to give it as, you know, a little bit of a summary now that it's all over. So we can kind of just talk about it and finish it out. So... You know, I think it's awesome that we have a little bit of, like, our first night's reactions, and now we can have, like, the whole marinated season to talk about. Indeed, indeed. Like, right now, I can, um, I'm barely holding my voice together because, like, the last couple of days, I finally, it it, it happened when I did theater as well, but, like, I finally got into a groove and finally realized, you know, what my character was. Because initially, uh, my character was a retail employee who died and then came back and then was upset that he had to serve people again. (laughs) But then over time, I realized I should think of it a different way because if he was a retail employee who died, died and then he came back he came back in a haunted house to where people are coming in to meet their untimely demise so he became happy and once he became happy i laughed smiled creeped people out it was fun oh yeah and i think that's what's really fun about doing haunt work is you get to kind of develop a character it's something that i know i honestly kind of look for in people is can they develop a character and be in character and have that ability. I mean, honestly, because doing haunt work requires some pretty thick skin. Like I've been both hit on and also called some pretty disparaging things by people when they are dealing with being afraid and trying to take their power back. Like it's amazing what they jump to. But you know what? Like most of my personas don't give a shit if you think I'm ugly and don't care if you think I'm, you know, insert thing right yeah. like because why would I care I'm a demon possessed insert thing like that that's almost always what mine like turns into <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I mean, and we've talked about it before, and I think I may, may have even mentioned it in a previous recording, but the mindset I had was, like, thinking like a, prof- a bad guy professional wrestler, and the fact that they go out and they're trying to antagonize the fans to make the fans hate them so that they love the good guy even more. Oh, exactly. Exactly. So one of my favorite things to do is just encourage people to, to create that character and don't be you. Don't be you in a costume because I don't know. I just, I don't think that for haunt work that that works. Like, I think you almost need to disappear into somebody or something. You do. I mean, cause I, I, like for me, I've made a, no secret about my issues with anxiety. And if I was me at that door, it would, I would just be me opening the door. Okay. Come on in. <laughs> you know? just come on in. Have a good time. Uh, just don't touch anything. Don't touch the actors. Don't touch it. No, but. <laughs> don't touch but, uh, but yeah, becoming a different character was, uh, you know, the fact that I was screaming and scaring people. I mean, that was really fun. Exactly. It's, again, it goes into, it's one of my favorite things about haunt work. Indeed. And this is your last full season with Freelandia in Oregon. Yes, it is. Um, and <laughs> you've recorded that now. Mm-hmm. Um, but... It was a little emotional. I mean, I'm not surprised because, you know, unlike, you know, the steely stone cold persona that I try to put out there for everybody that I have no feelings and I'm dead inside. Um, I I do. I've got big feelings. Um, It's going to be hard. Like, I know I'm probably going to be helping out at least remotely, administratively um, to, you know, do background checks and help them gather cast and things like that. But it's not going to be the same next year. And I don't think that really hit me until tonight. Um, and then we went to do the announcements. And of course, <laughs> my, my steely, steely persona cracked a little bit. And um, I wound up getting a big, glorious group hug and a lot of amazing compliments from people. And like, to me, it's, it's hard to tell what is more profound. Like a compliment from somebody that has known you for all seven years or like you've possibly like I've been the casting director for five so like some of these people have only known Fearlandia since I've been the casting director right so I'm like trying to sorry guys I have to get gas like so we're gonna have to do that and take a pause in this recording but um you know because we're professional and like to mention what we do here but uh but yeah so it's it's very bittersweet, um, and I, I hope that I can continue to be good and involved and helpful and helping it grow because, man, it kind of stinks because when we first talked about bringing me on as the casting director, one of the biggest shifts that the, the owners, Brad and Tim, wanted to make was they wanted to build a haunt family. They, they didn't want just a regurgitated list of people that I guess not even regurgitated is the right word, but just kind of thrown together. They want people that want to come back and know each other and look forward to it as almost like a month-long family reunion, right? right? So that's what I feel like I've finally gotten so close to building. And so I think that's what makes it even more emotional and kind of shitty to have to say goodbye, at least on a level. 
On a level, yeah, because obviously you're not going to be there next year for the day-to-day operations. But um, but also on the flip side, I would say, think of it in a positive light. The fact that you do have these other responsibilities with them that you will continue on. So in a way, you are still supporting your family, albeit from afar. Exactly. And that's the best I can hope for, really, right? Because I know I can't be there every day anymore. And, I, and it was never going to be something where you can stay at it forever, right? Like, yeah. realistically speaking... Holy. Any job you should expect to say goodbye to. Five dollars and forty-seven cents a gallon. It's about time to buy a horse. I'm My goodness. Not gonna miss this. So that being said, let's take a brief pause, then we can finish any thoughts in a second. All right. The stay tuned for the musical interlude. All right, we are back. We just paid an exorbitant amount of money for a little bit of gas. Oh, yes. That's uh, that's my budgetary way of getting out of this, not putting too much gas into a car I won't use again after tonight. <laughs> indeed, indeed. But, uh, yeah, we are at the end of uh, Halloween season here at Friends Talking Nerdy in Freelandia. Yeah. Uh, if you have never tried to give... You know what was kind of cool is there was a lot of people tonight it was their first time ever at a haunted house. Mm-hmm. Like, there is a first time for that. And if you have ever considered visiting one, I hope if you're in the Portland area, you consider visiting Fearlandia. And really, like, any of them, uh, to be totally honest. Because no matter where you're at, I'm sure there is a haunt that is somewhere being ran by some really awesome people that just want to make you pee a little bit. <laughs> just a little bit, Just yeah. a little bit. Yeah, just, if anything, I guess, don't be cynical, you know, don't be the cynical person when you go, like, like, for me, when I went last year as a patron to Fearland, excuse me, to Fearlandia, like, I mean, you know me, I wasn't, like, screaming like a, like a 15-year-old girl or anything like that, but, you know, I still went in with the mindset of having fun, and if you go with that mindset, even if you don't scream, if you don't pee yourself or poo yourself or do whatever, <laughs> do whatever, or puke or, or what? Oh, that's right. Tell about the lady with the, oh my the paper towel. Yeah, we should talk about that. So, I mean, also for the first time, I should know, like, somebody lost their lunch. That has never happened where somebody's gotten sick in the hunt like that. Um, and just to throw it out there, not that this was necessarily the cause, but this is part of the reason why I'm surprised it's never happened yet is... You know, as long as we're giving tips, don't don't go to haunted houses drunk, guys. Like, being drunk or really high on something, like, honestly, it's dangerous. It's dangerous for you. It's dangerous for the actors and for anybody involved. So just just maybe don't do that, and then you won't, you won't lose your lunch. Um, but, yeah, I think yeah, the thing that really got me, uh, I, I'm still processing that it happened, was a woman asking for paper towels, which... Um, you know, just to shorten the story a little bit, it, she asked for them. I gave them to her, and she promptly shoved them down the front of her pants. So I don't know if she did pee and, like, needed it to kind of, you know, take care of that situation while she continued through the haunt, or if she was just that scared that she was going to pee that she needed to have those. Like, I, I'm not fully sure I will ever understand that situation, but I guess she did end up finding the owner and was so thrilled about her experience she brought more people back and came back again like tonight so (laughs) nice nice when you make them pee and they still come back for for folks you know you've got yourself a winner oh i like my biggest uh scare was yesterday and it was like uh three people in total and one was like a 14 year old girl 
and like when I opened the door um, the girl was looking at me like she was absolutely frightened and then I did my thing to where they walk in and then I slam the door and scream and laugh and then she started crying oh but man this season has just been crazy um, had a kid lose both shoes both shoes um, several phones getting lost so another like tip for the wise and maybe like we'll put something in the calendar to end of September next year just our service to the haunt community is just haunted house etiquette um, but really leave your phones like somewhere secure um, it's really kind of rough to try to find a phone and I don't blame people for not wanting to leave without having it but you know keeping it out is just like screaming for it to get dropped but yeah, purse, wallet, so much stuff. Lost kid at one point. Like <laughs> this child got separated. I mean, we found him quick, so it wasn't ever like a, a high alert situation because yeah. we try to be very fast. The minute that we hear a child has been separated, especially from a parent, um, we're really quick to try to you know rectify that, find kid because we don't want them right like by themselves to be completely horrified. Although this year the gag device was selling the Fearlandian diapers. Um, I think next year we should totally set, like sell Fearlandian child leashes. Like even the wrist ones would be great because are you worried about your child or your partner running away? Well, we've got the solution for you. And that way they're just tethered to each other. <laughs> well, knowing Portland, though, it'll probably end up in a lot of uh, kinky bedrooms, you know. <laughs> you know, they can have it. Whatever you do with it after you buy it with your Fearlandia-branded leash. Um, your human leash. <laughs> Indeed. It's not my business. <laughs> yeah, well, I think that, uh, yeah, I think that will uh, leave us in a good spot here to kind of wrap things up. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm tired. I'm ready to go home and eat some chicken nuggets that my cousin picked up for me <laughs> yeah i'm gonna i probably have to stop by the store to grab something myself or maybe postmates is in my future because i got paid for the lawns so. yeah woohoo there's that too like a little bit of a paycheck there indeed indeed but uh we definitely definitely had fun um like the reverend has mentioned the reverend's done this for many many years now and this is my first time actually as a member of the haunt and not just uh not just a patron but it has been one hell of an experience and even though the reverend and i will both be in maine next year we will still send our love to fearlandia by letting you all know in portland oregon and that loud bastard in the car that just passed us, that Fearlandia is there to scare your pants off. Indeed. I, I mean, I've been doing this for seven years total. I've been a casting director for five, and it's one of my favorite creative outlets. And I think that's what makes it so hard to actually have to acknowledge that it won't be the same for me next year. Yeah. Well, my favorite creative outlet is this show, and we thank you all for listening. Um, yeah, one more thing before we uh, do wrap up here. Um, like, vote. November 8th. Oh, yes, because that is very, very soon. And um, it's important. Like, you should vote every year, not just the uh, presidential election seasons. This is, like, where Congress people get put in. Like, okay, guys, like, please not Dr. Oz. Can we not have Dr. Oz? Can he go, like, can he stop pretending to be a politician and go back to pretending to be a doctor? Um, and we can help make that happen. But when you don't vote in the off seasons, you know, that's the kind of stuff that can happen. So please do get out and vote. 
And ultimately, I'm going to say this about voting. Um, you know, there is no reasonable scenario to where one party is going to win everything. So, you know, encouraging people to vote Democrat is kind of silly. Um, I would just say vote for people that are making an honest attempt to help the people. Republican, Democrat, Green Party, anybody in between. Yeah. Those people are not going to be encouraging people to, um, you know, <laughs> start insurrections and stuff like that. Vote for good candidates. Exactly. I am not necessarily a party line follower myself for that very reason. Um, I would much rather read and see what people are about and also like take care of what you're putting into your ears too because I don't know to me maybe it's just because of my raising and stuff that I've dealt with in the past but when somebody is like getting up and only saying you should vote for me because this person's bad because this be willing to put your skepticals on like on both sides and like look into what they're they're pro Look into what they actually want to do, not what the person who really, really, really doesn't want you to vote for them is saying about them. Indeed, indeed. And also, just do what you can to cut yourself from the the major media teat, I guess. You know, if you're getting all of your news from CNN or Fox or MSNBC, maybe don't. (laughs) Well, I mean, change it up, right? Because at least, I mean, Fox to me is a far one. CNN is even a far one, just in the opposite direction. Mm -hmm. But I think only taking in one source, especially when it is so biased, is where you get into developing anchor biases, for example, which is something I know we've been super interested in talking about is biases and how they manifest and stuff like that. Um, But yeah, like this, this time of year, it's always just so rough because everybody gets really on edge and I think it's large in part because of the way that the news media market like tries to get you to click on them and the way that you know we that, that we find acceptable for campaigning yeah a lot of things need to change and uh hopefully it doesn't happen the, the change doesn't happen thanks to something like bloodshed you know <laughs> and then of course after you've submitted your vote and everything our november is probably going to be full of political land stuff particularly like we found a bunch of pros and cons on stuff related to voting mm-hmm. and etc that we'll be nerding out about for the month so after you cast your ballot make sure you kind of listen to us because not to just say that it's hopeless and don't vote. And I think that's why I didn't want to do it before voting time. Just stuff that we should be considering and maybe pushing to change if it bothers us that much about our voting system rather than simply not participating because that's not going to solve it, unfortunately. Well, and and I think the people not participating. I mean, we've we've seen the, like voter turnout in this country. It's it's not big at all, you know. And I, I I and I think that's part of the reason why you have people in power that are just not good, both Republican and Democrat alike. Yeah. So read. There's a lot of states that do voters pamphlets, even if they don't have voting from home. I mean, I know I'm excited. My ballot is waiting for me at home with the voters guide and the internet that I can use my leisure. Indeed. Indeed. With the moving situation, I don't think I can vote. Yeah, it might be a little too late for that because I think you have to get like your main driver's license immediately. Yeah. So, but that's another thing to look forward to in November and going forward. I'm going to get used to Maine now. Yeah, get used to Maine. It's going to get used to you. Indeed, indeed. I'm going to have some chow at when I go there. But (laughs) anyway, we got a lot to look forward to in the coming months here on Friends Talking Nerdy. We thank you all for listening each Saturday. We will have something in this podcast space to entertain your ear holes until we meet again. We bid you adieu. 
Happy spooky season, everybody. <laughs> Subscribe to Friends Talking Nerdy on iTunes, the Google Play Music Store, as well as Spotify. Remember to support Friends Talking Nerdy on Patreon. Goodbye, darling.